0: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fast Twitch, the new energy drink from Gatorade, is here. And it's powering fast starts for athletes in every arena, like NBA All-Star Zion Williamson, WNBA Champ Kalia Copper, and MLB Superstar Francisco Lindor. With 200 milligrams of caffeine, electrolytes, and zero sugar, Fast Twitch is the new go-to for on-the-go energy anytime you need to turn up the intensity. Available in six refreshing Gatorade-inspired flavors, grab Fast Twitch in the energy drink aisle at a store near you.
4: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
5: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Action Bulletin. It's going to be the final one that we do, gentlemen, in this pre-season, which I think we're all going to take a big, uh, huge you know, sigh and relief from because we're back to the competitive stuff on Sunday. Thank you to everyone joining us so far. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please do like and subscribe if you haven't already done so. Because Celtic are back, gents. Uh, we're back in Sunday playing Aberdeen. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Lawrence, I want to kick off, obviously, we had Norwich at the weekend. There was a former Norwich striker in town, former Celtic striker and Norwich striker
1: in town, because doesn't live up in Scotland. We spent a bit of time with Chris sitting over the weekend. Yeah, down at the penalty spot uh, and then at Paradise Promotions event at Peter Scarf Sports Club in Linwood. If you haven't been, get down to Linwood. Cracking club, really, really nice looking place. Chris was in top form, talking us through his career and how much he, he, he liked scalping a now dead team. Uh, touched a wee bit on uh, referees and certain teams lying down, but yeah, really nice guy, Chris. And he's what a player he was, wasn't he? You know, remember the green and whitewash. Is uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just check that keeper.
5: We were, Man, we were like born. born for that one, by the way, Lawrence. I know sometimes you bring up the old 90s <laughs> references, but we were born, I think but I was maybe four that season, Patrick. You'd have been just three going on for that year. Probably three, yeah. Um, but but you've watched the,
1: the videos or DVDs, you've probably Oh, them absolutely. I've got
5: the DVDs, that and the boy who would be king and, and whatnot. And obviously, yesterday marked 25 years since uh, the King of Kings signed for for Celtic. So. Yeah, listen, it's great that we've we've got these guys, you know, involved in events and whatnot and we're hearing that the Celtic tales. And Patrick, that the name Peter Scarf's obviously something that, that me and you know all about too well?
6: Yeah, yeah, i will Matthew, a, a relative. Um, so I'm glad you had a good time, Lawrence. I'm glad Chris Sutton was in top form. Um, you know, so two Celtic greats there. And um, hopefully we can create a few more greats and legends in the coming seasons because... FA, journalists and Australian commentators are to be believed Ange Ball is only going to get better this season
5: Yeah, we'd heard so much about, you know, it was going to take to the second season to see Ange Postacoglu's team being full fetal um, and, you know, we went on, we won the Premier Sports Cup in the league last year goodness knows what awaits us in this season, but, you know, there's a lot to be Getting on with to be talking about. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good shoot from Lawrence. Here. Peter Scarf coming plaisley. It's quite fairly new. Hopefully, I mean you'll get up to it soon, Patrick, with Mr. Matthew's scarf and he might buy us a drink for a change, but we'll we'll see and wait on that one. Um, the First thing I want to come to, Lawrence, I think it's something that's you know starting to become a bit of a panic within some quarters of the Celtic support. Um Lost in a half space in Twitter yesterday, did a really good couple of graphics on Joe Hart's positioning at the weekend as the sweeper keeper. Um it was almost like um High Bodo Glimped, How are you? Except it was Joe Hart in the middle of the the back three. What's your taking this? Is this just something we're trying out in pre season? Or has Ange Postacoglu seen something that he didn't see last season and thinks that Joe Hart can play a a role further forward um you know in
1: Celtic's attack if you will? I think Joe's on saying, you know, it's something he's got to learn. You know, and it's something he's got to get a bit more comfortable with. You know, he's got to get experience doing it better, getting it, trying out in in pre season. But at some point, you can expect to see it during the season uh, in a competitive fixture. Hopefully, Joe can adjust that and learn the position. (coughs) Uh, It certainly seems to be a feature of Angie's teams previously that they would have a sweeper keeper. Uh, I don't see any reason why Joe wouldn't be able to. Able to do that, although he did give us a wee scare against Norwich, doesn't it? Didn't even uh, Pookie closed them down. So I, th- I think they're yeah, getting rid of the ball quicker sometimes don't, don't get caught as much. But yeah, I think we're going to see that. Bring him up, just you know, creating an extra player for us. Patrick, are you holding your
5: breath still when Joe Hart gets the ball at his feet, or have you got full belief and confidence in him that he's you know can kind of adapted to this um, after you know basically a year of playing it?
6: Well, I know it's the way Ange wants to play. I know it's the sort of modern way of playing football. So it's just one of these things that you have to get used to. But when teams are pressuring them and players are closing them down and he holds onto the ball a wee bit too long sometimes, it does sort of give you heart-in-the-mouth moment. Um, but no, I was just looking at the, the tweet once you'd, once you'd mentioned it there. It's like it's like playing a, a back three, really, isn't it? It gives you that extra man.
5: The main centre-half, yeah.
6: <laughs> and, you know, that's just that is the advantage that you're getting if your uh, goalkeeper can play this way now you know whether we're going to try this against Aberdeen on Sunday is a different story um, but you know if we can do it against you know sort of, if we can learn to play it most of the time then having an extra player having an extra outfield player it, it gives you a massive advantage um, even if it is you know sort of, your heart skips a beat sometimes um, the way sort of dummies players and tries to tries to beat players but um no, it's it, it's interesting to see what Angelo trying this season because as as he said when we brought in Harry Cule, you know, people can't feel settled. We're constantly trying new things and bringing new players in and just trying to better ourselves and you know, if that means leaving people behind, so be it. So it'll be interesting to see what else he tries this season because they sort of inverted fullback. That was the that was the, the thing early mm-hmm. on last season and um, we seem to have mastered that mm-hmm. or close to master, mastering it. So um it been an interesting season.
5: Yeah, there's some players, obviously, you know, Alexander Bernabe is just, just arrived in and obviously he's going to need to adapt to that and that's for me why you need to kind of persist with, with Taylor for the first wee while until Burnaby comes up to, to speed with what the manager probably expects in that role. Um, Lawrence, we're getting comments on this already. Please do comment because I think it's a wee bit of an interesting one. Um, Douglas has come in to say that McGregor needs cover and on the flip side of this um, Gary Melrose has come in to say that if you were hoping for Ange Postecoglou to try three centre-halves don't think too many thought that one would be the goalie um, Lawrence you know what is your take on this do you expect us to be trying this against Aberdeen or have we just been you know, trying something different out in pre-season uh, and then you know listen if we get caught out with it I know a lot of Celtic fans will say we're getting caught out with the ball at the back last season we'll change it but what is your take on this um, because John here has come in in the comments to say maybe it was just to give Joe more time in the ball I don't think they'll be quite as bold in
1: real games do you expect Celtic to be bold in real games with a sweeper-keeper stuff? I think it'll depend on the opposition you know how deep they're sitting I think it's an option that will come in would they expect it to stay in the Champions League? nah definitely not but you know if Aberdeen decide to park the bus and not cross the halfway line well yeah maybe expect to see it then so I, I I think it's a kind of tactic kind of game that we'll bring out, just depending on how, how the opposition's playing at the time. Yeah, you know, if we're doing it in pre-season, it's, I think it's something we're going to see at some point during the game. If teams are sitting really deep, maybe just leaving one up, and we just want to push boys on and try and create something, yeah, he comes in and creates an extra player. So yeah, expect to see it, but probably not in the Champions League. Yeah, maybe against kind of oppositions that will just camped in their own, own half? Well,
5: you never know. Um, Patrick is not Patrick that we're on with. Patrick McLaughlin here in the comments is, is hopeful that he's going to go a-double and put one in the top bag. That would be magnificent if he did that, but I can't imagine that happening all too often. Patrick, just in terms of this, Michael McDonald's came in here in the comments to say that Harps teammates have to be in the right position to receive a pass. It's the future. What's your take on that? Because obviously you've had a look at the graphic there and you see how further forward it helps us get up the park. You know, in terms of what Lawrence is talking about there in the opposition, if you are going to be playing teams that are camped in, which we know is the kind of the norm against majority size in the league coming to Celtic Park, is this something that we can look towards to try and, you know, help us get further forward and, you know, get those early goals that we maybe need?
6: Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, the picture I'm on right now, you know, you've got you've actually got Taylor in the middle along with McGregor and then you've got, I think it's Hatati out in the left wing sort of thing. Mm. And then obviously you've got so many players beyond them as well. So it creates a structure where like every player's got at least two or three options for a pass. And I think that's what Ange wants because if you've always got an option for a pass, there's a very very little chance you lose the ball and then you can sort of still keep the ball moving very quickly. So... um, you know, on the face of it, against you know a Norwich team that couldn't score over ninety minutes, it looks like a good system. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, that's going to be tested at the highest level this season, and um, it's going to be it's going to uh, receive a pretty stern test against what looks to be an improved Aberdeen team because I think they've done really quite well under Jim Goodwin at the start of this season in the League Cup games. So, you know, I, I'm expecting a, a relatively tough game to to open the season. Yeah, one
5: man they're going to be without though is who they're basically dubbing is the new Alec McLeish and Liam Scales. He's not going to be featuring for Aberdeen who's been I think quite an important part of um, how they've played so far. Obviously they've you know they've won every game that they've played in the League Cup. I think it's four clean sheets in the League Cup but again there's been lesser opposition so this is a big big test for them. They're a team in transition. They've you know made a lot of new additions to the side. Obviously Jim Goodwin's been here for a while but it will be a, a tough, tough test. I expect Aberdeen to do a lot better than they did um, last season under Stephen Glass. Um, just to come back to this, Lawrence, Patrick agains came back and to see here. Do you think we'll be up the park long enough in spells to do that? High line with Joe in the Champions League though. I think I am again with you in this point, Lawrence. That in the Champions League it's a definite no go.
1: Yeah, it's it, it, depending on your level of oppositions and how how they're pressing you and, and, and where they are. I, I can't see he's, he's doing that with a higher level of opposition. You know and yeah. I think with the quality of opposition that the risk increases playing your keeper up that high, at that high, doesn't it? You know, misplaced passes, that commentators saying, or somebody just taking a shot from inside their own half if you, you know, if they win the ball back. So, yeah, I don't see any Champions League, but well, listen, you, you, you never know, you never know. But uh, it, it would just be uh, scary, wouldn't it? <laughs> you, you know, if, if, if you saw Joe as the last line of defence. Uh, and the centre circle, passing the ball about against, the I don't know how we may drawing drawn the Champions League, but you know, if it was against a Bayern or a Real or Barcelona. Yeah. Oh, no. Hopefully not. You know,
5: they post- really get nightmares about it, big man. I can see the a bit starts yeah. start sweating there. Um, uh, but yeah, Patrick, you've probably got PTSD like myself, um, thinking about that Davy Marshall one that, you know, he was so far out his goal line in that game against Czech Republic. <laughs> At the Euros, we don't want to repeat of that. There's people coming in, you know, saying that someone will score from the half wheeling. Actually, if you think back to that Bannock Estrava game, and there was at points that the the, the Stava players were trying to hit shots, <laughs> you know, from I'm about 30-40 yards in to see. But to, to come back on us and it draws back in, Paddy Laverys came in in the conversation to that Hartley's to I me mean, a keeper first and foremost, not a footballer. But uh, to me now, you know, the role of a, a goalkeeper is so much more than just stopping shots, isn't it? Especially in a post Postecoglou system, and I've also seen the from Celtic fans, and saying that they were expecting possibly you know someone to come in at as good a level of Joe Hart, but we bet the ball better at their feet. But I'm pretty content that we've brought in Segrist to be to be Joe Hart's number two because I still think that Joe Hart was an integral player last season and he will be again this season for Celtic.
6: Yeah, I think you're spot on. I think you know, look, at our level, I think goalkeepers have to be footballers to an extent. You know, they don't have to be, you know, Ederson and Allison the way Liverpool and Man City operate. But to do what Joe Harp's doing, to try that out in pre-season, to maybe test it against, you know, teams like St Melbourne and teams, you know, maybe like Ross County as well, they are going to have 10 or 11 players in their own half when our centre-backs have the ball. Um, so I don't think there's any harm in trying it. I, I agree with both of you. I don't think we'll see it in the Champions League. I think that would just be naive Um you know, we'd have to be a bit deluded if we're going to try that against, you know, one of the pot one or pot two teams. But um I think I think you need to try and try and sort of roll with the changes, if you will, try and use your keeper as a footballer because it does give you that extra man when you're trying to break teams down. You've got an eleventh man um, you know, at that sort of in the back, well back three as it is, um, when Joe Hart appears up there. Um but, you know, at the same time obviously he does need to be a short stopper first, and I think that's why, you know, Barca's. We were told Barca's was going to be good at his feet, but I think we'd all take Fraser Forster over Vasilis Barca's because, you know, at the end of the day, he is right it is short stopping first, passing the ball around the back second.
5: Yeah, no, absolutely correct on that, Um and it'll be interesting to see how this kind of pans out. You know, you'll be able to tell very early early on in Sunday if we're going to do that um or, or not, possibly going forward. Um, just to kind of wrap that that conversation up, Paul's came in here to say that Hart is a decent touch, but he believes that it takes a while for him to get the ball out from his feet. Um, he hopes that we are hammering uh, Toby Oliver yemi with passing positioning and footwork drills. Obviously, Oliver yemi signed some spurs meant to be this kind of next replacement of Joe Hart, but again, he's I think he's a long way away from that at this point in time. Um, John Boy as well has come in the comments to say he doesn't mind Joe Hart playing further forward in league games against teams part in the bus, but not in Europe, we could be countered quickly. Absolutely, I totally agree on that one. Um to come into obviously, you know, but we're talking about Joe Hart taking that Excel position forward, that creates more space for our midfield players, they can accelerate forward, that maybe, you know, to an extent gives Callum McGregor a bit more cover and then even though your goal line is completely uh, empty. When Joe Hart's maybe twenty yards, twenty-five yards from goal in terms of our midfield, and that's what our caption is, what is Ange Postecoglou's strongest midfield? There's a lot of headaches in here. Patrick, I'm going to come to you with this one first. I thought against Legion, midfield that night looked absolutely terrific. Um we're gonna to need to have a big sword, we're gonna to need to a rotation, but what would be your midfield going into the game on Sunday?
6: Definitely McGregor Hatati and O'Reilly. Um that's you know, without doubt my opinion best midfield in scotland and it's the best midfield we can deploy in domestic games champions league again with so many things it's it's a massive caveat for just about every conversation we have on here it's completely different you know we spoke about that double pivot um, earlier uh, last week with Moy signing Um, I think that could be vital in champions league games to try and sort of break up the passing and the
0: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
6: The the turnovers and the, the spells that other teams have against us in the Champions League trying to defend and keep the goals out. But without doubt, on Sunday and in every other domestic game I would go call Callum McGregor, Matt O'Reilly and Rio Atati because you know, ten teams out of eleven are going to sit in and just try and stop us playing and those are the three players with the best sort of creative ability put together and aye, that would be my midfield.
5: Lawrence, I'm hoping that you're going to disagree in this one. Uh, I've got Kevin Quinty in the comments saying that, good afternoon, boys. I think Turnbull will be great for us this season. He scored an absolute belter at the weekend. He does really, really well to get the ball out of his feet. Um, Patrick Smurkin obviously thinking, yeah, but that was coming on for the bench. So, you know, let him do that on Sunday. Would you
1: agree with Patrick, Katati, McGregor, O'Reilly? It's a bit of a strange question in that, you know, I expect five of the front six to be changed in every game. The way Ange plays... So I don't think it's like a midfield three for the game. Uh, I would, you know, I think McGregor, he takes one of the three positions. Rio on his pre-season, I, I think Rio's got a good chance of being player of the season if he, if he keeps up the kind of form he's been in. And it leaves one to go. And after the Norwich game, I would start Tumble. I thought he'd a game at, at the weekend and O'Reilly did. But I'd, I'd fully expect to see O'Reilly come on at some point for Tumble during the game you know, it's not like we're going to pick three and go, right, that's the three for the 90 minutes. Uh, so I think Ange will be aware of, maybe look at the opposition and say, right, well, how's the midfield playing? Who's going to do best against it? You know, is it a Riley or Tumble? And, and for me, after Norwich, it would be a uh, I just thought hey, he had a really good showing against Norwich, including his goal, but outside his goal as mm-hmm. well. Uh, Rio's had a crack in pre-season and Karl-Marc Cal- just starts but, uh, to, to go back to touch on the the, the double pivot that Patrick mentioned it's was interesting against Norwich we ended up with two defensive midfielders on the park and speaking to Jared about it you know, a friend from Celtic down under he said that Ange actually had a season with the team where he played 4-2-2 where he played the double pivot uh, which people remember Celtic had most of a season with 4-2 the two under John Barnes, which uh, perhaps one the, wasn't as successful as the way Ange played it, because apparently Ange won the league with it. Uh, but yeah, so it was it was interesting that we saw you know two number sixes coming on for a wee bit against Norwich. But for me, yeah, I, I, I would start with McGregor, Rio and Turnbull. And I'd expect at least two, of, well, probably two of those to be changed at some point during the game. Yeah, it's a great headache to have, you know, as this
5: comment says here. Um, and really, you could pick any of the players. I, I would tend to probably agree with Patrick on it. You know, I think it's a, a case of it's going to become a sentence I think we keep repeating all season. But McGregor picks himself basically in that Celtic midfield and then it's rotation around that. But Hatati's been absolutely sensational in pre season for me. I thought it was absolutely terrific on Saturday. And I think, by the way, if he keeps that form up and he's consistent, but I think, you know, after having the pre season that he's had, um, he could bring my fish out like many Celtic players will be for the old player of the year but listen we're not out of July yet keep that one um, towards the back end of April and see what we're getting on there but yeah I think it's it's a great dilemma that we've got and Patrick um, to come in here from Jamie Young he said that he was watching uh, all of last season's goals this morning and it's clear we're going to miss big Tom Roddick now Tom Roddick as we know absolutely Loved a goal against Aberdeen. Many happy memories of Tom Roger goals against Aberdeen, whether it be at Celtic Park or Putaudry, or of course that most special one uh, at Hamden in the Invincible Treble um, final. Um, but but to me, Matt O'Reilly is that ready-made replacement in midfield, and I don't think we're going to uh, miss Roger as much as we probably would have had we not signed uh, Matt O'Reilly in January.
6: Yeah, I would agree with that. They're very, they're actually very similar players. Um, but, you know, the ground that O'Reilly covers is sensational. He's probably, a, it's like Rodjick, but more suited to Andrew's system, um, the way that he plays. Uh, but Roger was key last season. I mean, in December, when you look at the statistics and the points we picked up solely because of Tom Rodjick, it really is quite ridiculous. Um, so it's going to be a big miss. And he's, he's, not, he's one of these players that's... It's like the world-class players, they sort of turn up at the right moments. And obviously you can't a player can't turn up in every big moment, but Tom Roderick seemed to do it more than most. You know, Kyogo's another one of those players. Um they sort of turn up in the big games when you need them the most. And it'll be interesting to see what sort of players sort of fill that void and turn up uh, when when we need to get a hole. Um hopefully we don't need to get a hole at any point in this season, but you know, if we do, um, you know, obviously Roderick was a fan favourite. I think we all loved him we're going to miss him Um, you know even if he has photobombing One Direction um, posts but uh, and what was it Sydney you'd have loved that I know I know and it's actually One Direction fan Lawrence it's actually
5: Harry Styles who he prefers than the other (laughs) Um, boy posters and all that and that wall that's what's from the other side of the wall so that's what he's right into but um, (laughs) Not TV because he was over in in sunny Glasgow on Sunday, so no, no Melbourne or bit of was it Melbourne Airport? I think it was in, wasn't Sydney Melbourne?
6: I have no um, idea.
5: I think Not it was idea. Melbourne. Um, so yeah, Patrick's missed out in that one. Louis Tomlinson, um, but yeah, the the real, the real, star in the photo was Tom Lodge, and uh, I'll be interested to see where his next move goes because I think we we'll all wish him all the very best. Um, but yeah, a lot coming in here to see, you know. Callum McGregor, best player at the club, I think he's the best player in the country in Scotland in these days, absolutely fantastic um, but we need to come back from the chat of the midfield, again Wolves came in here to say sorry that his free would be Hitachi O'Reilly and Callum McGregor but Ange likes tumble too and we didn't miss a game until he got injured last season I think my symptoms just went or not I think we're alright um, just to kind of come back to the defence uh Pete's came in here and he said that our tagline is the wrong question. Um, the midfield sorted. The real question is, who makes the back four? Lawrence, I'm going to come to you on this one. Um, first of all, we've got to look at centre-halves first. Moritz Yance, who we speculated about last week. It happened four or five hours, I think, after we did the chat on here. Um, he came on at the weekend. He looked pretty impressive. I was at the fan media press conference with him last Friday. He said he was fit, he was ready to go he oh, did preseason with FC Laurie N, um, but surely Stephen Will should be getting the the, the shoot over Moritz um, Chance for this game
1: so, so so we know Angie doesn't like to, to mess about with the defence so it, it's the, the area he at least tinkers with I, I'm going to go with Taylor and Kammerkart Vickers definitely start, so it's whether you play Juranovic or Ralston who's, Ralston's had a brilliant pre-season uh, and then Welsh or Jens. And I th- thought Yen a really good showing. Apart from initially when he first came on, he actually got caught sleeping, and somehow they get a corner. Remember the boy nipped in front of him and should have scored, but 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 then But after that, looks as if it is it is if he can defend well, play a pass, look decent in the air. You know what are we going to do with Stephen Welsh? You know another club interested in him. It was Udinese last year, more interested in him this year. And for me, after I'd an shown. I'm going to go with, with Jens. He just looked more comfortable and seemed to give it a bit more balance. And because we're playing Jens and making a change there, I'm probably not going to play Tony Ralston. i and go, going with Juranovic on the right. So that would be my back four. Jura, Cameron Katowickers, Jens and Taylor.
5: OK, that's, that's fair enough. Um, Patrick, you know, Brian's came in in the comments here to say thought that Jens looked a real contender. I know you missed the game on Saturday due to work, but you know, he came on to the part, I don't know if you've caught any of the game at all. His first action was to block um, you know, a Norwich shot, and then he cleared the corner. So when he came on, he certainly looked the player, a big, big presence. What um, was your take on this? Because I just thought, going into the game on Saturday, that the start of 11 we were likely to play against Norwich would be probably what we'd go for against Aberdeen the following week. Um, I just think it might just come too quick for Moritz Jentz. Um, because obviously he's going to need to get up to speed with game time and stuff. What's your, was your taking that?
6: Yeah, um, I'm going to go for Welsh as well. Um, Taylor Welsh, Carter, and Jovanovich. mainly I'll because we've seen what happened with Starfield at Time Castle last season, and you know, he sort of had you know he a, a shaky couple of months really after that if you think about it. So with Yent coming in, you know, when would they have made the players? Maybe Wednesday or Thursday. Firstly so duty
5: to, to Legia Warsaw so we've been told by Celtic that the players basically arrived just as the club were leaving to go to Legia Warsaw <laughs> and they only then met the players possibly actually f- they met them on Tuesday briefly before they flew out to Legia, mm-hmm. and then they never trained with them until Friday so both coming on on Friday they only had one full training session I think with the, with the whole squad
6: Right, so for that reason I would say Welsh because he knows Cameron Carter, Vickers and vice versa. Um, I think, as you as you were saying earlier, I think we'll stick with Taylor until Bernabe sort of gets up to speed with what's required of a, of a left-back and Ange's system. And then, you know, I think you, you play your best players when you can, so I think Jovanovic goes ahead of Ralston despite the fact that Ralston is arguably the sort of on-form right-back You've in our squad. Probably
5: the better pre-season.
6: Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, totally agree. Um, but that would be the back four I would go with.
5: Yeah, no, I, I agree with, with that but again, I think you, you've got a bit of um, flexibility in there but I, again, you know, as Lawrence, you touched on there that Ange is at a position uh, of the park, You know, centre-halves particularly that he doesn't like to tinker with and change about um, just in terms of Stephen Belch back to you know what you'd said, Lawrence, last year obviously the interest came from uh, Udinese, not even last year, I think that was January time we got interest in him from Udinese now we've got Chris Julian's former side to lose, um, but where are you at with this one? Because I just think that Personally, I would keep a hold of Stephen Wells just due to the fact that I think it's a bit of a hard sell in the market to try and go out and say to somebody, you know, you're probably going to be coming here as a fourth choice pick, as long as he's happy to continue to do that and continuing to work hard. And, and just seeing that, you know, that they possibly could go far and above his ceiling that maybe a lot of people already think meet might already be at. um What is your take on Stephen Wells? Would it be a stick or twist? him a stick at this point in time.
1: It's a question of how we best develop him and how we best keep cover at the club. I I think we can all agree Julian's time, you know, good servant as he was when he was fit, you know, kind of pre-ange. I think his time's definitely finished. So, at a club for centre-half now, uh, I think Welsh has fallen into maybe fourth position. If we have long-term future for him, is he going to get enough game time with us or could we be looking to get him a loan if we bring in another centre-half? I wouldn't let him go on loan until we had kind of four players here that we were more comfortable with. You know, Karram, Vickers, Staffelt, Jens and another, which at the moment's Welsh. I don't think he's really going to get developed. I don't think he's going to get a lot of game time if he stays with us, I think. If we could maybe get... I know Anne just said what you're still on the market for a few players. If we could get an experienced centre-half in and maybe give us a decent season, it would allow us to put Welsh out and get a a year of games under him and and hopefully develop better there. I could be wrong, you know, he he could start against Aberdeen, score the winner, you know, three goal line clearances and nail down the position for the next week. Who who knows? He's going to dingle. Yeah, he definitely needs game time uh, to develop. I just don't think he's going to get it here. I think he's got, I don't think he's at his ceiling yet. I think Jens looked more comfortable as a left centre-half than I've seen Welsh look, so I think it gives us a better balance. So that, that's why I'm going for, for Jens to start. And yeah, we, we, Welsh is a difficult one. I wouldn't let go on loan unless we had like another centre half in other than Julian for cover because I think Julian's time's come and gone. He's 15 minutes of football since you know January Same for 2020. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's too long, now, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so. But you know, Angie said we're still in the market. It'd be interesting to see who we're in the market for, and as it just players that now are going to definitely improve the first team because we seem to have cover for every position. Just now, where you would say, wait, there's two players there. Are we looking for definite starters, or, or just someone that's that's good value for us? Because talking to Chris Sutton about it, he's like, boy, he, he doesn't understand why people aren't excited. He's like, it's a five-six million pound player we've got for nothing that
4: hmm.
1: we know can play Angie's system, can cover a variety of positions and. In midfield, it's a bit as low a risk of signing as we're going to get from a manager who's got a crack and track record you know, in transfers. So, yeah, for Welsh I'd look to probably get in cover if we can, decent cover, and, and get my season loan and speed up his development there. I just don't think being third or fourth choice, he'll get enough minutes to, to really kick on his development. Yeah, that's a lot of good points
5: and maybe we can kind of pick that apart, but We'll come to Aaron Moy very shortly because I think you know that is a real good point in that. Lawrence, the reason why um, we've got him in that three is due to the COVID situation in China. It's been a shutdown since there, eh, since February. He I think he'd, you know, those two qualifiers for the Seaguar were the only two competitive games he's actually featured in. So you know, anybody making a judgment on ten minute cameo against Norwich having only played two competitive games in the space are you know nearly six months, um, you know, he's not there to be judged on that. So, listen, I'm excited about it, but we'll come to him very, very shortly. Um, Patrick, I think, you know, there's a point in what Lawrence says there, but just to kind of, the caveat of it is, you know, JJ McGarvey's come in to say that he thinks that Wales needs to be kept for the squad in the Champions League for homegrown players. That's obviously one of the stipulations that you have for UEFA competitions. You need so many homegrown players in the squad. So you'd maybe need to look at a guy like Dean Murray, possibly step in if you know, the situation occurred that, that Lawrence is, is talking about what, what is your take on what, what Lawrence says there, because I think there's actually a really good point in that about development um, a lot of people at this point in time are saying that Mikey Johnson for instance maybe needs to go out and loan somewhere, get a lot of game time under his belt to try and you know, get to that point of development that they need, but we've also got this coming in here from, from Dan in the comments saying that people always clamour for youth to come through but won't will shut the door at the minute Uh, a team comes in, need to stick by them and develop properly Um, how do you think we best develop Stephen Welsh, Um, because again I've got another comment here saying that I think Welsh needs a loan, a full season of game time what's your your take on that one?
6: It's it it really is quite a conundrum because he's obviously fourth choice, I think we all agree on that Um, as you say it's quite hard to go out and sign a fourth choice centre back, you know you're probably looking at buying one from a Scottish team if you're going to do something like that. um. So if you, I, I, th- I think it's a, a matter of squad depth, actually, because, you know, before we signed Jens, Welsh was probably the guy that came in and played if either Starfield or Carter Vickers get injured. Now we've got Jens' fourth choice.
2: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com Internet for details.
0: This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a
3: really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent.
0: As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
6: So we've got a bit more cover, but then if you sell them, you're back to just having sort of one first-team centre-back as cover should we get an injury or a red card or eh, the like. Um, but then, at the same time, he's he's actually only going to become a poorer player if he doesn't play first-team football. So if he's expected to get any better, he's going to have to play football either here, somewhere else, or maybe out in loan. But then you're leaving yourself short again. So it is a bit of a conundrum. Um, you know, you could sort of look at the perspective and say, you know, he's 22, um, 22.5, sorry, and uh, you know, if, if, if he is near his ceiling and he's going to get limited game time, how much of a difference is it going to make if you were to play a guy like Lawal or Dane Murray in there? And then, you know, at 18 or 19 playing 10, 15 games, that's actually quite a quite a lot of game time for someone that age. So there's different ways of looking at it, you know, if, he, if he's going to be fourth choice, I think we need a, a relatively capable fourth choice centre-back, but how much game time is a, is a player like that going to get? So, I personally would stick just now. I would keep him for at least this season. You know, Ange certainly seems to want to do that as well. So I would keep him. Um, where he gets the game time, I'm not too sure. You know, Starfield sort of slowly come back from injury just now. Despite the fact we get quite unlucky with injuries in just about everywhere else on the park last season, the two centre-halves did seem to get quite lucky and played most of the games. So you never know what's going to happen, uh, but I would, I would sit with them just now.
5: Yeah, um, I agree on that one, especially for this season, uh, you know, how important it is, just to kind of come back to one of the, the comments from from Douglas Seller, he was asking about the automatic qualification for the Champions League in 2023-24, 20, um, when we win this evening, when we reach the final. For the league, going into what will be the 23 20, 24 Champions League, if you win the league this coming season, you are straight back in, so it's as important as it was uh, this year the, the Champions League so there's all that there's you know everything about a strong squad that was spoken about Lawrence I was just looking at Celtic's fixtures the other this morning uh, But that Rose County game then in the League Cup we're going to need to go to Dingwall on the Wednesday night I think at the Glasgow Derby at the weekend and then we've got match day one of the Champions League the following Tuesday or Wednesday that's why you need a strong squad that's why you need depth um, and at this point in time you know unless we've got you know, as you say Lawrence a plan in place here you can't be letting Stephen Welsh go um, because it's a very hard sell and I think it just gives Celtic more work to do in the, the transfer market and in terms of the transfer market, Lawrence, um, we are still in the market. You know, We saw a tweet last week from Anthony Joseph saying that Celtic are still in the market. At this point in time, You know, having now brought in another centre half, having brought in another midfielder, what position or positions, plural, do you think that Celtic need to be looking at?
1: I, I think we're covered in most positions. I I think it's going to be down to our scouting network to, to find people that add real quality. So I think it's last season was a total rebuild. You know, it was get you know it was a volume of, of players that we needed in. I think probably this season we're down in numbers, but we're up in quality in terms of the, the cover we've got. So I, I don't think we're rushing out to get players for set positions, other than get people within budget that, that are going to improve the first team now. I think it's kind of a different model from from what we've seen because we needed, you know, two players for every position. We're kind of there now, so for me, I'd like to see another striker come in, uh, you know. But you've got a Yeti on the wage bill, throwing a big wage uh, as a striker, uh, and I believe uh, Young Law starts on the first of August. Maybe he can start and, and get moved out along with Julian, would free up some wages. I don't think it's set positions. I, I think it's about quality and people that improve the first team now. Uh, and, you know, I, I seems to be pretty flawless in the, the transfer market. So we've just got to t- trust it and knows what he's doing.
5: Um, John's come in here to he say that Axom seems to have an agenda against Stephen Wells. Ta- if he believes that Natasha was disrespectful towards Wells yesterday at Belt, I don't think anybody does have an agenda against him. Patrick, you and I would both keep him. So we're both members of Axom. So I don't think that we've got any agenda well, listen, I, I,
1: I, I, on that one. I would keep him unless we get cover and then I would only let him go on loan to develop him as a player I'm, yeah, you know, I'm not saying sell him so I, I think it's pretty positive I, I don't think he's a starter at the center halfs we've got and I think he deserves to get developed and, and, and this season I don't think he's going to get enough minutes for Celtic to do that So, uh, but at the same time we can't let him go unless we get experience covering mm. so I think okay. it would be best way to get more minutes to develop and you know be a long term option for us. I don't think we have get to be long term just sitting on the bench not playing. Just to kinda of come back um on the signings Patrick,
5: a, a position and I'd be looking at this more flexibly, um as a kind of attacking player that can play out in the wing and up top because you know at this point in time obviously you've got five attacking players that you know could could play anytime um, time for, for Celtic do you think we need somebody that's maybe a bit flexible that can play through the middle and then the right hand side but again you know we've still got Maeda who can do that job and Abada who can do that job I'm just worried that either Yakimakis or Kyogo gets an injury you're left with one striker then you're having to kind of shoehorn somebody else in
6: um, no I don't think so I think we've got uh, adequate cover in those three positions um, you know as you said we've seen Maeda in that position in sort of February last season Um he done. He done a relatively good job. And then you know the chances of Kyogo and Yakima has both been injured. I know it's it's Celtic, so it's probably highly likely. But it's it's actually you know I think we would have to be seriously unlucky because it happened last season when neither of them could play. And I think we we went with a bad up front, and then sort of Joey Dawson came on against uh, St Johnson. Um. So I I think we're fine when it comes to a striker, especially since we only play one, and then. You know, you might not count them as first team players, but then you've you've actually got quite a lot of cover on the line. You've got guys like Mikey Johnson and James Forrest, who we say would probably struggle for game time at Celtic. But then, if we have these injury crises, they're actually going to play a decent amount of games. You know, for example, Mikey Johnson played the League Cup final last season because we we're so thin in the ground. So,
5: Moffat get a chance to come on as well?
6: Yep, yep. So you know, we've got these players. You know, Rocco Vata um, can play that position. I know Lawrence said last corrected me last week that he is a midfielder but he can play in those positions so
5: he's been playing kind of outside right when he's come on in the pre-season which is interesting yeah
6: yeah so personally I think we've got enough cover if we, if we rotate um, adequately you know you were saying a minute or two ago we've got those three um, really key games in the space of seven days with the League Cup the League and the Champions League um, but you know when, when you get to that sort of you're playing midweek in October sort of thing you're playing Games in the middle of February and you're just sort of trying to grind out one and two nothing wins. You remember not to mention
5: stuff. because of the World Cup. Correct.
6: that month. Correct. Have been, well done.
5: Well done. <laughs> easy. Um, have been an easy mistake to make.
6: Mm-hmm. We do actually play, I think, three, three, four games in December. Yeah, but aye, I I see your point. Um, but no, I, I think we've got adequate cover. Um, and those positions, you know, you get, you probably get five players in three positions who we, who you would consider first team. Quality, um, so not To answer
5: your question, I think we're fine. Lawrence, for sure an attacking player. You know, Patrick spoke there. you know very well about the flexibility we've got up top. We've got players who can come in from the wing and play through the middle. Um, and it might not be that you know we need to put too much uh, emphasis on you know uh, what you would kind of describe as an old classic number nine because our goals do come from all over the pitch, and we were able to kind of navigate ourselves. Through it in December time doing it, um, and hopefully, we don't have anything like the, the situation we had last year with Kyogo and Yakimakis. And that's Yakimakis who, you know, I think was out November, December time, didn't feature too often at first, and it was a complete revelation coming in the second part of the season. So, both those two guys will be hoping to keep themselves fit. So, what's your take taking a striker for Celtic? Do you think we're, we're cool there?
1: Well, last season we we see that we can get both injured at the same time, and I think Joey Dawson even gets some minutes. The guys that can come in and cover through the middle, Abada, you know, Mayeda, Forest, or well, Mikey Johnson. If he if he doesn't go alone, I think he's he's played through the middle. So we're, we're dragging somebody off the wings to play him through there. I don't think you know if both of those players get if both of strikers get injured for four games. I wouldn't be comfortable going in with any of them starting up front for four games. I, I think we're short up front and I'd like another option in. Whether we're going to get that while well, the Yeti's yeah, still in the wage bill, you know, maybe whoever's managing the squads can go, well, you've got a, a striker there on, I don't know, 14, 15 grand a week. I'm not buying another striker until until he moves on. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would like to see another striker come in rather than having to pull somebody off the wing and, and play them out of position. Yeah. Not too sure that that Celtic will
5: speculate the money yeah. while yeah, Ayet, is still there. Yeah, that's, that's something to remember, um, that Albin Ayet is still at the club, um, of course. He contributed last season. I mentioned that last week. You know, He, he scored those goals against Ross County. Well, he, he did play his part to an extent. Betis, And has been in, in the league Betis championship. Mate. Yeah, and he, he obviously scored in Betis in the Europa League too, so he, he contributed something to the team. Um, but just, you know, mm. he, he's not played anywhere near what you'd maybe expect for a a third choice leaker in pre-season Patrick but we've not really seen him feature, it just doesn't seem as if he's a part of the plans um, at Celtic at this point in time so to kind of go back on this, Kevin's asking in the comments, do you think any more players need to come in this window?
6: Yes I don't know where, I don't know who I don't know when but I think there's just too much of a window to go (laughs) It could be (laughs) Oh God
5: Lawrence, uh,
1: any kind of eighties <coughs> poppy hats for that that? I, line now. I, I, no, I don't know. But uh, on that question, did Natasha tip Moy as a Celtic signing about a month before we signed them? Maybe we should be asking Natasha. You Possibly and sure get the lottery numbers off right, at the but same up. time. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there'll be, there'll be players coming in, but loan to buy unless we can get a Yeti and Julian away. Yeah, but but loan to buy, buy served as well, hasn't it? You know, look at Yota, Cam Cutter-Vickers, Dyson-Meda. So, 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 yeah, I think anyone that comes in might be the loan to buy unless we can get somebody away permanently that kind of takes that liability with them.
5: Patrick, but you do expect, uh, I expect more arrivals. Um, Lanky, who comments regularly on a Tuesday, thinks there'll be two or three new players in, um, a centre-defensive midfield, a centre-half and a striker. Two of those positions, I would say, Celtic have probably likely covered ourselves in now because we know that Adam Moy can play as that kind of number six. But you know, again, in his, his presser last week, he said he'll play anywhere in midfield that the manager tells him to play. Centre half, I'd say we're, we're covered, and unless we did opt to probably punt Stephen Wells, because even if Julian is to go in this window, I think we've got four there that probably walk in in front of him. Striker's potentially the one the position, I think, maybe. But what's your take in the other two? Centre defensive midfield and centre half.
6: Um, well, you know, I said a couple of minutes ago, I think we're covered at striker. I think we're covered in all those positions. But then I, I'm not going to say no to a player. I said no to what saying, a player. If Ange thinks he's good enough for the first team, then obviously bring him in. Um, you know, nothing wrong with a bit of healthy competition. So I, I still think there's signings to come. I just think there's there's too, too much of the window to go, in my opinion. You know, we've got about 35 days or something. So. You know, I'd, I'd actually prioritise the outgoings, actually, you know, what you were saying about a Yeti a couple of minutes ago, you've got a lot of these players, you know, we've sent a few of them out in loan, Sorrow and Barcas. you know, we've punted ball and goalie finally um, but yeah, Yeti's probably that one that's still sort of stuck there, along with Julian, really who we just can't seem to get rid of um, aye, I'd, I'd maybe prioritise getting rid of them it's it's going to be a tough ask, really um, to punt a guy who's Basically not played since December, I don't think. I think Betis was his last game at home when he done that nasty injury. But uh, I think there'll be more signings to come. Maybe only one or two, and I'm not sure what positions yet, but I think there's just too long to go for us to sign nobody.
5: Yeah, Lawrence, just to come back to that kind of defensive uh, midfielder type thing, Kevin's came in here to say that he believes that Adiguchi uh, is going to come good to Adig- a great player. I don't think... Keep repeating this: That Ange Postecoglou signed uh, Yusuke Deguchi along with his fellow countryman in January for for any reason. Um, you know he brought him to Celtic to, to be an impactful player, and he was probably apart from Maeda definitely, you know, one of the more senior players who'd obviously been at Leeds, experienced <coughs> British football, and he's getting back for a second crack at the whip.
1: Yeah, but I suppose centre or defensive midfielder. It's probably a, where we've got most players for. You've got Callum. Gucci, Moy, Scott Robertson, you know James McCarthy. So I a... don't think Robertson's in the plans at all. You oh, he's that... been used, not been so, used at all in pre-season. With Robertson, he's been out on loan. We've got, you know, we talk about having a, a plan for developing players. If he's not going to be part of the plans now, after a, you know, would seem to be a successful loan period at that time, is it is it time to, to sell him? Because we've we'll, we've got plenty of. Defensive midfielders bringing in another one. I know we can push Callum further forward. I think Callum's far, far away the best defensive midfielder at the club. The problem is, kind of no one comes close to these standards. I know we saw Ange experiment with, with two defensive midfielders on the park. Maybe we'll see that in the Champions League. Who knows? But bringing in another one. It, it, it's what standard we're going to get. Bring it. Bring in it. If Scott Robertson's not part of the plans, after having you know he's period out on loan, what do we do with him? Do you know? are we just keeping him or, or, or should we look to move him on so I, I don't see he's bringing in another defensive midfield I think Gucci has been brought because he can cover for that role so I, yeah I, I can't see he's bringing in another defensive midfield especially not after Moy in but, hmm. but who knows we'll wait and see
5: Patrick um, would you agree in Scott Robertson I think The Athletic published a piece about 2-3 weeks ago saying that I think Celtic were open to a move, surely, you know what if he was going to be part of the plans we would have seen him at one point in the pre season?
6: Yeah, it's just quite difficult to see where he fits in. Um I know it's all well and good saying, you know, there's so many players ahead of him, but you know, Laval still found I think it was two halves of football LaWal played um in preseason. So I think if the manager wanted to play me probably would have fit him in somewhere. Um it's it's hard to tell we young we young players, academy players, I I think you know, players can sort of come from nowhere. You know, you know, Kieran Tierney struggle to break through his, his own year. And then two years later, he's a.
2: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for
6: details. First team regular Celtic, so it's impossible to tell. Um, By all accounts, you know, Lawrence will know better than me. He had a good loan season last season. Um, So, you know, his career's not down the pan by any stretch. You know, he'll be able to cover a good footballing career. Just it's it's a tricky one to see where he fits in at Celtic, uh, in my opinion. Um, But,
5: you never know you never know you, you never know I think this is a really good point that um, Eamon's came in with to say that the loan market will be used towards the end of the transfer window when other clubs advise players are not part of their plans that's when you'll be able to possibly uh, bring in possibly thinks a centre half stake would be uh, happy to play on the bench yeah, it's, a, it's a moving market you know, obviously as the market moves I'm sure Celtic will act they'll be in the market for players and if circumstances change, they can then make their move. But yeah, there's still plenty of time to go, obviously. And last season proved, although it is nice to, to get players in early and whatnot. Last season proved, you know, that, that deadline day of uh, Yakimakis, Carter Vickers and Jota that you can bring three players in late and they can make a big impact on your season. It's just, it would put us all at ease if I think we'd got them in earlier. But yeah, I think that's a really good point for me. It is a, a developing uh, market and a market that developed quickly. But it was Adam Moyes' deal Celtic, Um, we've got an Aussie in the comments here who asked for his view um, on here here he is and he's came back to us with this, he said that Moy will need to get fit, once fit he will boss the European um, midfielder role, ball retention dictates plays, controls the tempo is key to playing out through the Rangers high press, Patrick I think that's really really interesting in terms of those aspects of his game that have been outlined there, he's also came back to say that he is biased as an Aussie. Um, obviously, Aaron, 52 caps. He's got a World Cup uh, coming up in November team that I'm sure he be trying to get ready for. But he's followed Aaron Moy many years and know his class uh, intimately. W- w- what's your take on that? I think Aaron Moy will be a good player for Celtic.
6: Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about Boston the entire the entire uh, European midfield. You know, he was at Huddersfield in Brighton. So, you know, um, probably, uh, what would you call it? Um, so, I limit your sort of expectations, I suppose. But, you know, it, it's what Lawrence said, you know, earlier in the show, you've, get, you've got a guy who would maybe cost a couple of million quid and you're getting him for free. And the only real reason that people are uh, writing him off is because of his age. And you get plenty of very, very... Um, you get a lot of top players at the age of 31. You know, you get James Forrest in the squad. Scott Brown had a great season when he was 31 at Celtic. Uh, a lot of centre-halves, a lot of midfielders have great seasons when they're thirty one thirty two. So he's you know, everyone that's watched him says he's got the ability. He's worked with Ange before. I don't think the club or Ange or the board are cheaping out here at all. I think it just as as Lawrence said, it's a it's a risk free signing. You know, it's only really wages. And when you've got guys like Julian and Ayeti just sort of eating up wages at the club, it's you can't really complain about that sort of stuff. So if he if he can sort of match the quality of the midfielders we've already got, you know, I said earlier that Turnbull's probably the one that that loses out in our midfield. I'm a massive David Turnbull fan, and in pre season he's found Kyle go plenty of times. He scored, he scores great goals. He scored a great goal on Saturday. If Moy can match that, if he can play to that level, then we've got a really really good signing, and he brings an experience and you know the, the way that he plays could come in handy in Europe. So I think it's I think it's a great signing.
5: Yeah, um, you know came back here to see that Moy is a sponge, safe pair of boots, building out from the back, absolutely what Ange wants in his system. Lawrence, um, you know, spoken about rotation, especially in those forward areas, we the midfielders probably a forward area just for the base Celtic play. Stevens came into in the comments, he said that he believes that, that Moy will be a 20-minute sub, but I don't see that happening at all. I think that Celtic midfield... Will be constantly re- rotating, and Moy we'll be wanting game team before this World Cup. I'll we'll be wanting to add something to this Celtic team because having not played for so long, you know, we'll be hungry to get back in there and play, and it'll be his first crack at you know Champions League football.
1: Yes, yeah, I think we've touched on it. You know, the midfielders apart from Callum could probably get, you know, the two of them probably expect to get changed at some point during the game. Uh, and I think if someone comes off often does twenty minutes and scores a couple of goals and looks cracking. I'm pretty sure Angel will think, you know what, I'm going to start him next week. I, I, I think the jersey's there to be, to be one for everyone. I think just pretty clear on that to the players. You know, if you perform, make the jersey yours, you'll start. So I'm, expect, I'm not expecting him to be a starter to begin with. You know, he's a wee bit behind in terms of pre-season. But if he comes in and does well, I can see him starting a few games for us. Uh, and suddenly if he comes in and it doesn't work for him, I think, you know, he, he could see his position be, be been taken by another midfielder on the bench. And who knows, maybe Scott Robertson, if we don't send him a, a, a loan. You, know, you never know, but we'll wait
5: and see till then. Um, Patrick, just to kind of come back to the transfer deal that we've got, Aaron Moy on free transfer. Um, Ryan Taylor's came in the comments and said that they, we could have had Jordan Larson and a free uh, resale value on, on top. Do you think that was ever really going to happen? Maybe possibly wage demands? I, I don't know. I imagine that, that Aaron Moy's... Um, wage in the Premier League, especially at Brighton and Huddersfield when he was there was you know, top dollar, China don't pay poor wages either um, he, he was talking about his career over there and he played with, with Oscar, if you remember him he used to be at Chelsea, the Brazilian boy he, uh, I think he played alongside Hulk as well, remember Hulk that used to play for Porto, was another player that he, he played against uh, This hey,
1: hey, is sounding like children's TV, Oscar and Hulk you know it's like there go. And, <laughs> and the Hulk That you know. and 80's Pop Chins there you go, what a
5: Tuesday <laughs> um, you come back to Jordan Larson Patrick do you think that, that there was ever potential that that deal would possibly happen because I think they would have probably fitted the system if we take the, the name out of the equation but um, do you think maybe his wage demands were too much
6: Um, hard to say Um, I think it was probably our best chance to sign him to date would have been our best chance um, yeah. yeah and re- without the transfer fee you know I think the transfer fee that Spartak were wanting it was like 15 or 20 million so with that out of the equation it was just wages left and I think his agent was making noises that you know he was open to the idea you know he didn't sort of actively want to come here but he was open to the idea and then Celtic came out a few days later and said no there's no interest so he definitely would have fitted the the positions you know you were saying earlier you maybe need a versatile player someone who can play out right and through the middle he's definitely that type of player um, but you know, I don't think it was ever really going to happen. There was maybe one or two days where we thought maybe if Celtic are open to the idea, they could maybe take the plunge, but yeah, uh, sort of a uh, splash out. But no, um, it didn't happen. It's not meant to be, and you know, you sort of need to pick yourself up and move on.
5: Yeah, Lawrence, to come back to us, Roberts come in in the comments to say that heavy rotation high-energy midfield, we'll need them this season, keep up a high-energy engine. And yeah, I also found it really, really interesting um, in the presser last week that Lawrence had touched on playing in what he described as a double-six. Um, he played that before, and then he'd said that he was quite happy to play anywhere in the midfield that the manager wants him to play. I think that's you know music to, to Angie's ears in, in terms of the, the way that we play football and the way that we want to rotate in there. Yeah, I think
1: Angie's been quite real... <laughs> He wants players that want to play for the club, doesn't he? Uh, so it's no surprise that Moyes came out and said that, you know, I'll play anywhere that this manager wants me. The double six was interesting, especially when Jared said, look, I played that for a season and won the league with it. So mm. it's interesting. Two two. yeah yeah 2 yeah. so, I'd be well, interested, wouldn't it?
4: Would well, be you, you need really good
1: full don't you, to, to cover it, I think. Mm. When, it, when they came out, there was some kind of FIFA think tank and they had Roberto Carlos as <laughs> one of the full-backs. I can't remember the other... Uh, Fullback Danny McGreen another one no. Listen, Danny McGreen would just play mate. Uh, I think he would play 2-11 in any team I pick. You know, but uh, he, he should have been, but no, but it was fullback that I played at the time. Uh, so, we Danny McGin was
5: putting a shift at the time. Roberto Carlos is mm-hmm. kidney sick,
1: mate. <clears throat> can Carl, Carlos, you know, couldn't lose Danny's boots? Could he? But let's be honest, best defender in the world, well and undiagnosed diabetic. You know, it's, I think, what did they lose? Was it £9 or something, that World Cup? They lost, you know, and still was the best defender in the world. Yeah. But, you know, we saw it under Barnes. It didn't really work. But mind you, we had Stan Petrov playing right back for some of that. And <laughs> uh, I think, you know, Douglas took over. but still still managed to get a trophy and win the League Cup. But it'd be interesting to see if it happens. Uh, you know, we'll wait and see. But listen, at least we know, Ange knows how to play it and won a league playing it so we'll we'll, we'll wait and see uh, if it happens yeah you know we've got plenty of defensive midfielders we can certainly we've got enough players to play a double pivot haven't we Uh, and and Moy's get Moy and Callum I suppose are really flexible that they can both play further forward so it allows in game changes in formation that that, that are really easy I mean let's be honest it doesn't matter what, what formation you start you want to be able to change your formations in the game with or without the ball and depending on what's happening on the park not just through making substitutions so yeah, it gives us that option as well doesn't it?
5: Yeah, it's all about you know, as as you said there you know, uh, a robustness in your squad and the options that it gives you and if everybody's on song you've got a real confidence in Celtic to to go and deliver this season because we're fighting in all fronts you know, we, we want us to go and retain the league, we want us to be successful the domestic cups and we want us to have a very good go at European football which is what you need to a strong squad to to do so, Patty, Just to get kind a of close because I think Team actually ran away from us. Thank you for the really good chat, the comments. Thanks to everybody who's uh, commented; it's been much appreciated. Um, and we're glad that we've kind of dragged ourselves through the preseason because we know at times it, it can be a, a bit difficult. Um, Cannibal Kudambily was named in the I don't know how you pronounce it, but one of the the Golden Boys shortlists Um But as Lila Bada was completely snubbed. And this was this was something I only noticed the other day, it's so why i brought it up. I think that probably says a lot about the whole system, a selection of this. It's journalists that select it. And it probably tells you that there's a lot of hidden gems going unknown. That they're just probably being selected with the players that they're, you know, repetitively probably kept track of. Found that a bit weird.
6: Yeah, it's not um i i know I I, I I don't think there's many people in Scotland that would put Karamoko Dembele above Lil Abada, especially in the last 12 months. You know, not to say Dembele isn't a better player, not to say that he can't become a better player, but he's not played in the last year, so I don't see how he can make that shortlist. I don't see how he can make that shortlist ahead of Stephen Welsh or Matt O'Reilly. He's, he's not played any football, so guys who have played five games are above him in that list, in my opinion, but obviously Abada you know, wonderful season last season. I think he got over thirty goal contributions, goals and assists. Um so I think Abada definitely deserves to go on that list, especially considering he's playing at a relatively high level. Mm. Um, you know, these guys, it's usually you know, guys like Ansu Fati that play for Barcelona and stuff. Guys of that age for really, really big world class clubs. But Abada's done it in the Europa League. So and he scored a, in a Glasgow Derby, which is obviously world-famous. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Uh, I think, you know, if a badder can get on it, then I'm sure Matt O'Reilly's the same age. I think they're both still 21. Um, maybe a bad is still 20. But I'm not sure what that the age 20. cut-off point... Right, I'm not sure what the age cut-off is, but, you know, Matt O'Reilly had a good six months, so... I think he also had it. a
5: good season at MK Dones before he made the, the move up to Glasgow and terms of he was involved in doing Yeah, it, so.
6: I mean... I think they were all quite gutted to lose them I and gutted they didn't get more money. So as, as you say it's it's you know, these journalists who come from top five leagues don't really care. You know, they've heard of this Karamoko Dembele five years ago and they keep on putting them in their lists. I wouldn't read much into it, eh, personally.
5: No, not at all. And I think, you know, Abada won the, the PFA Scotland eh, Player of the Year award last season for to fellow peers. I think that's probably with a lot more because it'll be um, Haaland or, or Pedri or whatever. It'll probably win the award anyway, so not too worried.
1: Um, Lawrence, well, just, just finally... Dechland, only one list that really matters, isn't it? That's the team list that Ange puts up on Sunday.
5: You know, yep, these yep, are and that's up, how the m- m- it, and how how the, the league table looks at the end of the season. Which, so hopefully, have Celtic top of it once again. Lawrence, just to finally close women's update at this point in time, they didn't win at the weekend. Can you give us a wee
1: bit of kind of round up, wherever that be? ladies team at this point? Um, we've had a lot of kind of exits over the summer so I'm looking at, I'm, I'm hopeful we're going to get some more players in. You know, we we got a, a double cup win and I thought we are going to build on it. Uh, maybe a bit slow getting players in. So hopefully get a few more in. You, 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 you know, it, it's early doors yet, there's still time to bring them in but you, you need to get the points on the board, don't you? You, you? you don't want to end up chasing all the time. So yeah, it would be interesting to see if we put Celtic do. Uh, where we uh, another round up this Friday back out with Paradise Promotions and the penalty spot up at, on Friday night with John Hartson up at Hillabeath so be over on Sunny Fife in the Kingdom listen to Big Bad John uh, and his Celtic stories which will be good hopefully hopefully be great now, there's a boy no, could no. have won if they, if they had a you know money to watch because he was 19 and scored in a UEFA Cup final for Arsenal didn't yeah, he sorry, know? You know, yeah. a few decent transfers for that time yeah, you know, and what a player he was for us. Maybe perhaps they're not the not most um, mobile, shall we say. I'm not too sure he'd have fitted system <laughs> with pressing, but you know, what a talent he was. And glad that he signed for us and not the defunct club. But then again, yeah. if they spent money on him, perhaps the demise would have been quicker if they'd spent some of the bank's money on him. But
5: we're glad that John opted for, for Glasgow uh, Celtic or you wouldn't be experiencing his, his company in um, Friday evening. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, as I said earlier, it's been a great show. Thank you, everybody, for th- their comments. As I said, if you haven't already liked the video and you've been watching, please do so. Subscribe. We'll be here all week in the build-up to what is becoming really, really exciting. Celtic are back in league action on Sunday against Jim Goodman's Aberdeen. So thank you for, for everybody who's commented. BOOM BOOM